0: You can set your clocks by us. That's right. It's the Cubs Weekly Podcast presented by Trust, exclusive home of Chicago Cubs checking featuring free ATMs nationwide. You can open online today at Wintrust.com slash Cubs Weekly. I'm Cole Wright alongside my partners in crime. First up, well, he's the tallest guy on the podcast. It's Big Smooth. It's our lanky lefty, Sean Marshall <laughs> and Andy Martinez. A- Andy, sorry, both uh, Marsh and I are taller than you, but that, does, so, that doesn't man. matter because... You do have a a bigger hat size than us. So, more brains. That's all that matters right about now. But you know what? Let's get down to business because game one of a three game set versus the New York Metropolitans, a 3 1 win at the friendly confines. And Marsh, you know, you and I, we talk about it every single day. Sometimes when you do the little things, you put the ball in play, you steal some bases. Then guess what? Good thing will happen. And that's exactly what we saw last night. Jason Hayward has a swipe of second base, has a nice little little steal. And then he gets that, what do they call it? The swim slide? Swim move. Head first. Yeah. Went right around it. And then eventually, what happens? Eric Sogard comes in, nice piece of hitting. Next thing you know, the Cubs, they're on the board. That's just how they drew it up.
1: Yeah, exactly. And they took advantage of some of the Mets' miscues. There were some balls that the first baseman could have picked. There were some errors by the third baseman, creating more runners on the base pass. And, and David Ross starts the runners, gets the, the fielders moving around, and Hayward's able to steal second. Sogard comes through with the clutch hit. And there was some good fundamental baseball. We saw Jake Arietta lay down a two-strike bunt, which was huge to get the runner into scoring position, who ended up scoring later on a Mets error as well. So it's so important. I, I never liked a team that would hit and run and execute well and put guys in motion and do different things because it's just a different element of the game and it's kind of a lost art we talk about it a lot called about hitting runs and stealing bases and, and doing the little things the bunts the bunts for hits you know unfortunately the cubs haven't been doing it a lot but it showed la and monday or tuesday night's game and it wins the game for them pretty much and sets the series up for them to win one more game and win the series. So, yeah, very important. The small ball is key. I never liked teams that were in motion where I had to hold runners and check runners multiple times. So, it paid off for the Cubs last night. Good fundamental play.
0: There was good defense, good base running, and they capitalized on some Mets mistakes. Andy, I know Marsh and I were of the same age group, Uh, but you, however, just a little bit younger when it comes to that. Now, I I know a lot of the younger cats, they say, oh, stealing bases and, and laying down bunts and you know hitting and running all that does is just give away outs but would you agree though that sometimes uh, when it comes to baseball outs can be used as baseball currency sometimes you got to give a few outs away if you want to get a few runs back it's not like you can just walk into Jewel-Osco up the street and say hey i'm going to take this gallon of milk i'm not going to give you anything as compensation sometimes outs are that compensation for runs
2: and it's 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 the calculated risk right like you're not going to bunt every single at bat cuz you know, you're not going to – frankly, it's going to be very hard to score if you bunt every single 27 house, right? But if you if you have that calculated risk where it's like, hey, you know, Jason Hayward saw something in the pitcher where maybe he's a little slow to home plate, Maybe he's doing this. Like, he's going to take advantage of that. And that's something that the Cubs, David Ross, and the rest of the, the team haven't been shy about doing, right? If they see someone, Javi buys has stolen a few bases, uh, it's about finding those weaknesses and exploiting it. Um, you don't want to become over-reliant on that. You don't want to do it too much. Uh, because then you know that it becomes a, a little bit trickier to if you're giving away too many outs in that situation. But if you if you see that weakness and it's obviously something that Jason Hayward found, he f- saw that weakness. He took second base. It it, it advanced the runners. Eric Sogard, uh scoring on a, on, a, on an an error. There's just uh, those those th- those capitalizations to be able to score on, on moments like that is huge, and it shows that the Cubs don't have to rely on the long ball. They don't have to hit six home runs in a game like they did the other night to, to win a game they can they can do they can put the ball in play put the runners in motion and and score a lot of runs which you know it's a it's a nice change of pace Than then as much as the, as much as i love the home runs as much as i love seeing you know guys hit at 430 feet it's, it's a nice little change of pace and it's always fun when when they can manufacture runs like that
0: yeah we see it league-wide nice. in major league baseball marsh you know everyone has fallen in love with that home run. And you know, when you sit and you and you live sure. and die by the home run, and like I said, this is this is league wide. We we've seen it with the averages, yeah. they're down, the production, it's down. Falling in love with the home run is almost like a dude that's out there spending all kinds of cash during the week, and you're like, oh man, this guy has a you know, he's got he's got a brand new truck. And look at look, he's got he's got a mink coat on, he's got this, that, and the other. But the problem is it's like you ask him, Oh, did you get a new job? He said, No, I didn't get a new job. I'm gonna win the lottery next week. That that's what it's like when you sit and bank on on that home run. That's exactly what it's like because you cannot, sure, you can't just ensure that you're going to win the lottery next week and go out and spend all that money because home runs, they're a byproduct of solid swings. It's not a byproduct of swinging for home runs each and every single plate appearance.
1: Yeah. And when you swing for a home run too much, you swing and miss a lot. And that has been a downfall for the Cubs the swing and miss, the multiple strikeouts, and just not putting the ball in play. We talk about it a lot in the studio, Cole, on our pre pre-show, our post-game show and our post game show. It's important mm-hmm. to just sometimes put the bat on the ball. And la- and in the game, the first game against the Mets, they put the bat on the ball and forced the defense to play. And they couldn't, the balls in play, make outs out of them. So it was important to lower the swing and miss. The, the Cubs have been striking out a lot and just put the ball in play. Because sometimes on weather conditions, like last night when it was 35 yep. degrees out and again on Wednesday night's game when it's going to be cold again. So the runs sometimes are very scarce, and it's tough to pitch. It's tough to hit. Guys are getting jammed. You get those, you call them the bees in your hands, and it's a real thing. I've been there. So, yeah, putting the ball in play is clutch. Swing and miss can
0: really be a, a, the detriment of a team. Yeah, high offensive output the last three games. Andy, when you see this team and what they've been able to do in that small sample size, they look like a completely different squad than what they looked like for the first 12, 13 games or so. What's impressed you the most about the way these bats have, so to speak, come to life?
2: I think for me, it's, it's the, the, the mindset, the, the mentality, the moxie that they're showing because throughout the first 12, 13 games when they were struggling a little bit, they were still hitting the ball hard. Um, I, I think I, I, I recall the, the Anthony Rizzo, he had a ground out against the Brewers where he – I mean, uh, if the exit velocity was 115 miles off the bat, you'd expect that nine times out of ten to be a, a hit and it was a ground out. Um, they were running into some bad luck. And, and to keep that mentality, to keep going, to say, hey, like, the hits are going to come, we just have to keep going – You're starting to see some fruition in that, and I think we we just kind of fall into that mindset that last year was 60 game season, so we're still kind of maybe in that mindset. Um, I know Chris Bryant and some of the other players have mentioned like you know it's it's hard readjusting going back to a full 162. Uh, That's something that we I think us on the on the media side are seeing it too, right? Where it's like, oh man, that like you know they're they're 15 20 games in, and and then you know the offense is, is struggling a little bit. Well it's 15 out of 162, 15, 20 out of 162. Like there's plenty of time for things to correct itself for Jack Peterson to get his numbers up for Anthony Rizzo to get his numbers up. And, and one thing that they keep mentioning, and I kind of keep telling myself too, like if this was a really hot stretch, people would be over the moon on the team. Uh, If it was a really cold stretch, like it is like people are kind of down on it. it. It's, it's just, it's magnified because it's the opening two weeks of the season. And, you know, if this was happening in June, I think there'd be a different, different conversation.
0: Absolutely. Marsh, how about you? What's been the most impressive over the last few games, especially when it comes to this Cubs offense? Well, you saw them come to life. You know, 13 runs on Saturday versus the Braves.
1: They were all swinging and hitting the ball hard. So, yeah, you're exactly right, Andy. Rizzo's been squaring up baseballs, and now they're starting to fall for hits. If you look at some of the exit velocities, I mean, 106, 110, 115 against the Brewers the other day, you're absolutely right. And they scored 20 runs in the three games, three game, well, saturday sunday and tuesday's game 20 runs so the offense is there yes it was slow and at the swing and miss i'm talking about the strikeouts have not been helping at all but they've been facing some very high quality starting pitching Peralta, woodruff burns a couple times and those guys are pretty much at the top of their game right now in my honest opinion so i think once they all get going and peterson he's been on base i mean there's he's been on base a lot in the in the last few games, so that's a good sign to see. Yes, he's not getting hits. His averages is, is one thirty seven at the moment. But but Hayward hasn't hit. Hap hasn't hit. Peterson hasn't hit. Some guys in the middle have Rizzo, Contreras, Bryant. They've been swinging it pretty well. But once the team starts to click in general, the starting rotation was good for the first time around, and then they were bumpy. So it's been a kind of a seesaw kind of effect here going. But hopefully that that'll all kind of level out. And you're talking about. 10% of games played so far. There's 90% of the season left to be played. So I think the pieces are in place for the Cubs to be outstanding, both as far as their rotation, the bullpen, and the offense. I just think it hasn't gotten going yet, and it's still very early. And I think they have a lot of promise. There's a lot of really established hitters with great baseball card numbers that are going
0: to prove themselves against. And a lot of them are in contract year, so there's a little bit of incentive yeah. there as well. Well, the only problem is that uh, the Cubs are going to run into that buzzsaw that's known as the one, two, three of the Milwaukee Brewers again Mm -hmm. this weekend. And to get uh, a guy like Corbin Burns, who's sitting there and and keeping cats baffled with a 91-mile-an-hour change piece, Marsh. I mean, he's out there with absolute domination every single time he toes the slab. I mean, when when you see a guy that's burning it up 98-99 and then he pulls a string on you, 90, 90, burning it up. I mean, uh, all you can do is just go out there and and hope.
1: Absolute beast. He's at I was watching pitch last night against the Padres. I mean, he's 97, 98 throwing cutters on the down and away corner to lefty batters. Give me a break. It's it's another level, but his ERA is 0.3 or something like that. In my opinion, you can't get much lower than that. So I think maybe the Cubs can inflate that this weekend. They got a chance.
0: Yeah, that'd be, the, that'd be the good news of the silver lining in that dark cloud. Also looking to jump on Brandon Woodruff. We know how stingy he's been when it comes to strikeouts and uh, the free sure. passes. Not a big fan of putting guys on base, and it makes a whole lot of sense. Another guy who's not about the free passes, who's been as tough as nails so far this season, Andy. It's been Jake Arrieta. I mean, he's been everything as advertised and then some in that number two spot in David Ross's rotation.
2: Yeah, it's 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 very interesting because when he was signed and you know in spring training in Arizona, Jed Hoyer, David Ross, even Jake Arrieta himself were saying, you know, uh, we're not turning back the clock, we're not 20, 2015, 2016, Jake Arrieta isn't walking through. It's like it's a new version of Jake Arrieta. and maybe they were lying in a good sense, right? Like the guy we're seeing is is pretty pretty darn good. He's he's uh and Tony and Jackie wrote it on marqueesportsnetwork.com. He had a great anecdote. Last year Wind Day was when you Darvish was coming up. So far this 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 season, win day is uh, Jake Arrieta. He's been fantastic yeah. for them. He's been, uh, you know, when they need a win on Tuesday against the, the Mets, he comes in, he pitches five innings of shutout ball, gets them gets them the spark to get that win. Uh, he's been terrific for it this year, and I think it's it's better than if you would have said that this would have been his start. I think any Cubs fan, any anyone on the Cubs front office or in the Cubs uh, in the Cubs clubhouse would have taken that in a heartbeat from Jake Arrieta. So it's been it's been great to see what he's been doing so far early on in the season.
0: Yeah, and Marsh not only does he get it done on the mound, but Jake Arietta, he knows what is being asked of him from David Ross when he steps in the batter's box It's also right. part of his job description. What do I need to do? If guys get on, I need to get them over and get them in. Lay down that sacrifice right. bunt, take a free pass here or there. Just help your own cause if if you want to speak. In help cliches. your own cause. Yep.
1: You can win the you can win the game with the bat as a pitcher. Whether it's you're putting a bunt down. Or you hit some jam shot player that lands in for RBI single, getting on base and doing your job as a pitcher, you have to take a lot of pride in it. And all the Cubs yep. rotation guys take pride in their hitters. Some of them are blessed with talent, some of them maybe not as much. But it's a tough thing when you're facing big league hitters. I mean, I've stood in that box versus Dontrelle Willis. Oh man, give me a break, lefty lefty matchup over D Train yep. in his prime. Give me a break. But going back hey, to and D Train could swing it too though. D-Train can swing it. He's a good yeah. player, man. And he does a good job on the Fox Broadcaster. Right? I enjoy listening yeah. to him. But going back to Jake, he made some adjustments early in spring training with Tommy Hottaby on direction. And what he was doing for years is cross-firing, going across his body. That led to a knee injury. That led to the bone spurs developing in his elbow and gave him a hamstring issue last year. I talked to Brian Price, his pitching coach. As soon as he was signed by the Cubs, I said, what, what can we expect from Jake? He said he's got a lot left in the tank. When he's going good, the sinker is right. Sinker, cutter, changeup. You've seen some plus curveballs from him this year, and I'm a huge fan of curveballs. Obviously, that was my main w- weapon. That was my bread and butter. But just looking at some of the fine details on his breaking ball, the spin rate is tremendous. And just to, him adapting on the fly and adjusting on the fly when he doesn't have his A-game stuff. He's started four games so far, and none of them he has had his A-game stuff. He's been – with the B-game stuff and C-game stuff. And as the game goes on, he's learning what is working that uh, that day. And last night, the changeup was there, which is a, an outstanding pitch for him as well. So he's been sinker, changeup, cutter last night. He threw some good curveballs, but he missed a lot with some erratic misses down in the strike zone. The fifth inning, he was grinding, a little bit of crossfire, again, a little bit erratic, but we haven't seen A-game Jake. And A-game Jake can throw into the seventh and eighth inning, but mm-hmm. tremendous pitch movement, really. Just looking in, I was talking to Lance a little bit during the, the, the game the other day about pitch movement. Just really just Jake Arietta's pitch movement and Corbin Burns, a couple of different guys. But yep. the horizontal movement, the vertical movement on pitches, I don't know if it's because the new ball. It's a lighter ball they're using, creating more drag. But it just seems like the ball is dancing all over for all the pitchers around the league. And Jake especially is able to manipulate that baseball Whether it's to his glove side or to his arm side, he's getting great spin, and I think he's just starting to kind of get going. I don't think he's had a game, Jake, and a game, a B game, Jake is three and one with a two point eight six ERA so far. That's that's pretty good stuff, and it's a great sight to see. I know Cubs fans are are liking what they've seen from Jake so far,
0: without a doubt. Marsh, we need to get a few of those new pills across uh, at at the Marquee Sports Network studio so we can do a little comparing and contrasting when it comes to those balls and figure out what's making them dance just like that so much more this season now. And one guy who hasn't made the same adjustments that we've seen Jake Arrieta make, and uh, we saw him absolutely burn up the Cactus League. It's a guy named Jock Peterson. Jock Peterson hasn't really made those adjustments, and we've seen him struggle not not only against lefties, but we've seen him struggle against right-handed hitters as well. And sometimes that just happens. Guys start off a season, they're in a funk. And right now that's where Jock Peterson is at, and all you can do is hope and pray that he climbs out of it
2: yeah and it's interesting because because of how he tore up the the cactus league and what he was doing down in arizona for him to be struggling as much as he is but one thing that i've found interesting and this goes back to what i mentioned earlier and what you know the the everyone on the cubs uh, offense has been kind of experiences the mentality is still like very relaxed which is a good sign because when you're you tear it up as much as you did in the cactus league and and you start to struggle you would think that just naturally you would be kind of like Oh, like what's wrong? And like frustrated with yourself and down. And he's just working on working on his process, uh, knowing what he can do, and knowing that eventually the numbers will come if he keeps doing his at bats. And let, this is a guy that is hitting the ball right on the button. He's just hitting it at people. Um, he's hitting the ball hard. You expect that eventually, you know, some of those those balls aren't going to go straight to the, the second baseman or straight to the right field that they're going to go, or excuse me, to, to the outfield, like they're going to go over the fence or they're going to land in some gaps. Um, that's what you're hope. And that's what the Cubs hope with Jack Peterson. And that's kind of what I expect. Um, he mentioned on Tuesday, you know, he's, he's, he's still working. He's still doing the same process. He still feels like it's in there. It's just, it's just a matter of time before it, before it actually starts landing uh, for those balls start landing for hits.
0: Yeah, and, Marsh, you know, when it comes to a guy's mentality like that, I mean, this year a little bit different than what we saw a season ago. Clearly a a full stretch when it comes to the campaign, 162 as opposed to 60. How did these guys prepare differently this season as opposed to how they prepared last season? Because when when you're playing over 100 more games, it's back to basics.
1: Back to basics. And that's what we know as ballplayers. We're used to playing 162-marathon and not the 60-game sprint. You saw the hot start for the Cubs last year, 13-3. and They were able to weather the storm of the offense struggling in August and September. So far, they're off to a slow start, relatively speaking, to last year's start. But there's so much season. As we just said, they're like 10% of the season and there's a lot of baseball left to play the ivy isn't even green yet you know so the season really has yeah. to get traction so guys in particular like jock red hot in spring i was so impressed but just some fundamental things he's doing trying to do too much and when you try to do too much and then you got the pressure of not doing well it just compiles and it's just mental for him i think if he just stays in there a little bit longer and tries not to do so much and just. Just barrel the ball up, whether it's a 75% effort swing, square it up. I think he'll start to feel really confident and get going. But the 162, it's a long season. It is what they call a grind. And so, yeah, the Cubs, they're not in the driver's seat. They're not in first place. They're not off to a 13-3 start like last year. But you know what? The division, I don't think anybody's going to be a real runaway. Yes, we talked about the Brewers and their pitching staff. They're outstanding. But, again, the offense, a lot of injuries so far. I don't think they can separate themselves. The Cardinals are going to play Cardinal baseball. They're going to be in it, but I don't think that they can quite separate themselves as far as the pitching department. Maybe they got better offense. So I think the Cubs, if the players play like they should play, and some of them are star players in former MVPs and a lot of all-stars, and the catcher bound to play Contreras, who's probably top three in the, in the big leagues as, at that position as well. I just think there's a lot of optimism. There's, it's a great offense. Yes, there's a lot of swing and miss or having trouble catching up to the fastball. But again, 162-game season, you have time to work that thing out. And it'd just be a matter of time for the Cubs go on their own winning streak, much like we see the Oakland A's on the West Coast coast win 10 straight games or something. I think the Cubs are very capable of going on the long winning streak and, and continued winning series throughout this year. I think the talent is all there.
0: No, Andy I'm gonna get to you in just a second on the rotation as well as the bullpen, but Marsh, you know we talked about you know Jock Peterson and the way he struggled a little bit. We've seen it with some other guys scuffling just a taste right here out of the gates, but a lot of that can be contributed to, to April. I mean the the weather like like you said sure. the the game one of that three game set versus the Mets, it was absolutely freezing out and then you know game two yeah. more, more of the same. So how much can you contribute just April baseball at the friendly confines to some of these guys' slow starts?
1: Yeah, in my opinion, April and August are the two toughest months because okay. August, you're in the dog days. You're in the heat. April's tough because really just getting your traction. Like I said, it's early in the season. It, it, last night's or and, and tonight's game, uh, really slick. I mean, when you're pitching, you talk about suckle talking about it turns into a, a slippery baseball. I mean, I don't know what, what his term was, but it's just hard to grip it. And so, when it's cold out, you worry about your hands and and stuff like that. And like my curveball didn't break as much in April, but by the time I started sweating in July and August, I had some big spin on my breaking ball. So, it got better and better as the weather got warmer. But some guys are really good at starting the season hot. You know, Rizzo is a notable slow starter, but he's getting hot right now. So, I just think that contributing that in april with some conditions they lucked out with the weather in chicago really in the first week of april they had some warm days the wind was blowing out unfortunately they didn't capitalize on those days but april's a tough month in my opinion and august and the dog day of summer towards the end of august it's really really tough you just the fatigue starts to set in and then you kind of regenerate for september uh you get a little second wind because maybe you've been pushing towards the postseason so april's a tough month especially in uh in wrigley field in chicago
0: well, one guy who hasn't seen any of those tough hiccups—it's been Jake Arietta. We talked about him just a second ago, and we, we do know that he speaks Swahili <laughs> in Mandarin. <laughs> I, I don't know if anybody knew that, but uh, he actually he actually does. But uh, uh, Andy, when it comes to your your most impressive pitcher in the starting rotation, is it Jake Arietta right now? I mean, he looks to be the the shoe in.
2: Yeah, I'm. I it's Jake Arietta, but if I have to choose a, a an option B, just so we're not, you know praising your keep heaping on praise for jake arieta you going uh, I'm trevor go with williams uh, trevor williams and or craig kimbrell craig kimbrell has okay. been
0: well wait, i said hold on yeah. a second start oh, rotation, rotation, rotation first, yeah, yeah. you don't put the cart before the horse man yeah yeah,
2: yeah. sorry 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 <laughs> uh trevor williams has been really really good and one thing that again i'm if you can tell i'm really big on this mentality thing and, and the mindset i mean if you think about it that first start is pretty emotional for him. Uh, if you think about just everything that's going on, his dad's there, grew up a Cubs fan, worked at that, worked at Wrigley field, seeing him pitch. He, he pitches great. Uh, then he, his next start is in Pittsburgh, a, a, you know, a team he's a team. He came up with a team he spent his whole career with. And then, you know, like to come back after that and then pitch a, another gem at Wrigley field, like that says a lot about his mentality and, you know, the, the tough season he had last year and, and kind of what the Cubs were hoping to get. We've seen glimpses of that, and you know if he can continue to pitch uh, at that level, the Cubs might have gotten themselves a real steal in the, in the free agent market uh, for for starting pitcher because he's he's shown some glimpses of, of of what he could be, and he could be he could cause a lot of fits for a lot of hitters uh, across the NL Center. And yeah, I think outside of Jake Arrieta, he's definitely the uh, the guy that I'm I'm going with in that rotation.
0: OK, Marsha, the uh, name Trevor Williams nice. and Jake Arietta, that seems to be the two front runners in the rotation. So how, how about out of the bullpen? I'm, I'm going to let you go with the bullpen first, because uh, Andy tried to step all over <laughs> your toes there and go straight <laughs> to the closer. Craig Kimbrell, I mean, he's been impressive, but there's been some other guys who have impressed as well. Well,
1: I'm going to take a dip back in your starting rotation comment. I was very impressed with Albert you know, okay. Obviously, with COVID protocols, he gets optioned to the alternate site, but he's going to be right back. And I was very impressed with him when he was up, and he's going to make a big impact in the rotation probably for the Tony rest and of the Dracke, year. He just, he he comes just tweeted back.
0: out that Advert Alslai is scheduled to get to start on Saturday versus Milwaukee, so that's the good news. That there May we go. will be back it's good news. the bigs. A-double, get after I love it.
1: A-double is good. I like it. But going to the bullpen. It's an outstanding bullpen. It's full. The rotation, there's not a lot of swing and miss. You know, I've been very impressed with Trevor Williams as well, Andy. I, love, I think the fastball's playing up nice. He's pitching in the top quadrant of strikes, which you don't see, which makes a slider a bit better. But the bullpen's been good. And we talked about Craig Campbell. He's a game form, no doubt about it. But Tapera's been good. He's got some big outs as well out of the bullpen. But some of the numbers looking at Dylan Maples. What he's done, some adjustment he's made with his delivery. He was a lo- long on the backside out here, but this year he's short. And what's happening is it's improved his command. Yeah, he's still his walk rate's still up, but his stuff is nasty. He's sitting in the mid nineties, got a wipeout slider. The numbers gets a slider probably a one hundred batting average against or lower, and he's been really really good. And you counter that with Jason Adams, almost the same exact arm path not long, short, and he's getting incredible spin. He hasn't given up a hit on his curveball or his changeup. The walk rate is about a batter per inning, which is too high, in my opinion, coming out of the bullpen. But if he gets on the attack, if he strike one, strike two, it is game over with Kimbrell, Adam, Maples coming out of the back end of the bullpen. Bullpen's really, really strong. You know, you think about the contact guys in the rotation, and then they got swing and miss. Almost every single guy. Shapen's been outstanding. He's been on the attack. The fastball slider's playing out. And Rex Brothers, my goodness, 96-98 on Tuesday night throwing just straight gas face. You hit that when it's 35 degrees. See how that feels. But really good. The bullpen's another strength
0: for the Cubs, no doubt about it. All right. Well, for anyone out there who is wondering how they can watch the Iowa Cubs, the AAA affiliate of the Chicago Cubs, well, stick around because we're going to answer that question in just a few seconds after this message from our proud sponsor, Wintrust.
2: At Wintrust, we know true fans show their team pride every chance they get. With Cubs checking, you'll score a Cubs debit card so you can show your support every time you pay. Open today at Wintrust.com slash Cubs Weekly. $100 required to open. Member FDIC.
0: All right, back here on the Cubs Weekly Podcast and bringing you the news because Marquee Sports Network, they have reached an agreement with the Iowa Cubs, the AAA affiliate of the Cubs, to carry 14 games this season. The first broadcast it will be Thursday, May 6th at 7 o'clock Central Time. Iowa, they'll be hosting Indianapolis. So, Marsh, when it, when it comes to Cubs fans in general, just how cool is it to see for them to be like, okay, some of these guys, I can watch them as they grow and develop and come up along the ranks. Just because you know, this isn't something you normally see. The, the minor league guys yeah. getting some some big time airtime.
1: Yeah, I love it. I think it's great. I think it's great for the Iowa Cubs. I think it's great for baseball to show some of the talent at the AAA level this year. I've been to Iowa and I've played with some studs over there that end up making great big names in the show. So, you know, you, you got some fun players to watch down there. There's some the upcoming prospects. Brennan Davis will be there. I'm not sure if he's a double-A right now or where he is, but Brandon Marquez will eventually be there. But Justin Steele is there at the moment, and he's been promising promising left-handed arm. Tyson Miller, right-handed starter, big old boy. Yep. So, And then some of the familiar faces we know. Al's Light was there. He's coming back on Saturday, it sounds like. But Nico Horner, the Nico Horner show is about to get started. Give him a few more weeks of seasoning, and you could probably watch – I think probably watch him play before he probably will eventually be in the end up called back up in may or mid-may so it's cool it's good for baseball to show some of the top prospects and what they're doing when you don't get to see them much there was no minor league season last year these guys are playing in a secret society at their alternate site <laughs> yeah. in south bend so we get to see some some prime young talent some guys that played in minor leagues for a long time or career minor leaguers who are also outstanding ball players so that's a really cool thing Marquis is doing picking up some iowa Cubs games
0: Without a doubt, and Andy, when you think about how cool it is—not just for the players, but for everyone who's in those those minor league cities, whether it's it's South Bend or whether it's where where the Iowa Cubs are at or any of the minor league affiliates—this th- is the lifeblood of those communities. And for for those teams to come back and inject that life back into those communities, that's huge.
2: Yeah, one of my favorite things to do um, in the summer was was always going to minor league games, uh, whether it was here in the Chicagoland area to Kane County Cougars. I've been on been on vacation and gone to, to, to Biloxi, been to Pensacola, like a lot of these minor double-A minor league cities. Um, And there's, there's, there's the games are nothing like it. And Marsh could probably speak to it a little bit better as a, as a player, but like the, as a fan, like you, you don't feel closer to a ball player than you do at a minor league stadium just because they're right there and you get some, you can get some, some close uh, seats and and be watching someone like, uh, like a Sean Marshall, future Sean Marshall pitching, you know, five, six feet in front of you. And then, After the game asked for an autograph, which I mean, you, you can't really do uh, in the big leagues. It's, it's, it's super cool for the fans and you get to you get to see Chris Bryant before he's Chris Bryant. You get to see Mike Trout before he's Mike Trout. Like you get to see all these different things, uh, all these different players as they're making their way up to the show.
0: Was that a a Mike Trout? Poke at me, Andy, because you know that. It's I see Kirby Puckett uh, Kirby Kirby Pucket Pucket versus too. Mike Trout, but just go back that? and look at Kirby Puckett's numbers. His numbers are pretty filthy. He has five seasons with over two hundred hits, and Mike Trout still looking for that first. But uh, I guess hits and uh, the old, old traditional stats they don't matter anymore. But that's uh, that's another topic for another podcast right here on this edition of the Cubs Weekly Podcast. And that's going to do it. As always, we're presented by Wintrust, the exclusive home of Chicago Cubs Checking, featuring free ATMs nationwide. Open online today at Wintrust.com slash Cubs Weekly. And be sure to check us out visually on the Marquee Sports Network app. That's what we do these days. So for Sean Marshall and Andy Martinez, I'm Cole Wright. Cubs baseball, racking up wins, getting some hits, and you can even catch Iowa Cubs baseball starting May 6th. We'll see you next time.